Okay, so welcome back everyone uh, to Where Are You Going Next, a podcast for travellers, brought to you by travellers. I have a very exciting guest today who I'm super excited to talk to. So without further ado, Alex, can you please introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where can we find you on the internet? Okay, sweet. Uh, thanks, Will. Firstly, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, <laughs> keen, keen to have a chat today about some, some travel topics and, and yeah, just to kickstart your podcast, your second ever podcast, right? yeah yeah thank you thanks yeah, thanks for being here <laughs> you only started but yeah i'm i'm a keen traveler as i mentioned i'm half kiwi but i was born and raised in england on the south coast of england uh, nice, brighton nice. Uh, i'm currently a student studying up at liverpool but i've recently started my own travel business um keen to just help other people travel and just make great travel memories really and, and do it in the right way um i also i'm a keen sportsman a copywriter blogger and um language learner as well it's something else i try to advocate through my platforms so yeah that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell nice and uh what's your instagram alex for everyone so they can go uh, so yeah you can find me uh alex abroad on instagram facebook uh my website as well alexabroad.info you can find plenty of info about me there yeah cool and she all everyone listening should definitely go check it out very interesting read um so yeah, that's, <laughs> that's no problem. Um, so yeah, let's get straight into it. So, uh, when you when did you start traveling? Is it something you've grown up with, or you've developed later on in your life? To tell us about that. Um, yeah, so interesting story actually. So one of my very first travel experiences was, I think I was eighteen months old or so, and like I mentioned, I'm half Kiwi. So me and my family tried to fly down there. Um, every few years or so and, and see see our, our relatives down down in new zealand nice. um so yeah my first ever travel experience i think i was 18 months old uh 30 hours round flights in new zealand i i don't think it was much fun for my parents put it that way but it's um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's uh, i was started off traveling from a pretty young age yeah and um i don't know one of the one of the kind of main kind of approaches that my parents instilled in me was just to kind of travel in a kind of sustainable kind of authentic way if you like I don't really like using the word authentic it's a bit overused in the travel industry but kind of instead of taking trips to you know Orlando or or uh, Disney um I would quite often go and just stay in in quite sort of rural places in you know the south of France or things like that um staying with local families which is probably quite a different travel experience than most people had growing up obviously I was still fortunate to do that um but yeah fast forward to now um I think I've visited maybe 20 plus countries. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, as long as it's more countries than my age, I'm happy. I've lived most of my life, pretty much. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's very impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that you... I, know, I, yeah, I don't really like the word authentic either, but I love that that's kind of something you've, you've experienced. Um, that's something uh, growing up as well. I, I had to kind of do that myself once I became older so mm -hmm. um yeah a little bit jealous but <laughs> <laughs> no nah, that sounds good you, def you definitely got a similar similar mindset similar attitude to travel um, yeah yeah I tried to, yeah. <laughs> um cool so so now uh, do you like traveling alone do you like traveling with friends are you a budget traveler uh, tell us more about that um yeah I, I wouldn't say i just fall into maybe one category but um i recently it was actually only fairly recently i went on my first solo travel trip to i went to lisbon last january um so the story of that is actually that for my birthday i, I just decided i really wanted to get away and go for a solo trip 
So I, I posted a quick story on my Instagram <laughs> saying, you guys, you guys vote um, one place in Europe and, I, and I'll book flights over the, um, for a few days at least. Uh, and yeah, the most two popular places were, I think it was Valencia second and Lisbon came first. And I'd never been to Portugal, so booked the flight straight away. I was keen to go. I went in early January. Uh, and yeah, I just had an amazing time out there. Met quite a lot of cool new people. Um, Travelling solo for the first time was quite an experience. <clears throat> but yeah, I do also really enjoy the company of having friends or family with me because obviously when you, you know, you have a great experience or, you know, you're in a great moment, um, it's great being able to share that with someone else, if you know what I mean. Because then obviously when, you, when you're reminiscing yeah, yeah. experiences, you know, you were there together type thing. So I wouldn't say I fall in either category. I know there's there's definitely some great, great positives of traveling solo because obviously, like I said, you can meet new people, but also, you know, you can get up when you want, go where you want. You don't have to answer to anyone else. It's all your decision. You've got your own freedom. Um, and also I'd say it's quite a... Um, you kind of develop and grow quite a lot as a person when you when you travel solo. Um, just because you've got to become a bit more self-confident, self-dependent, um, and just self-reliant rather than, you know, relying on others to do things for you. You've got to get it done yourself. Um, so, yeah, there's a big learning curve to traveling solo. But um, yeah, follow, uh, traveling with people is very, very fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I, I love that story, actually. <laughs> I can relate to that. Before my 20th birthday, I, had like a, I was like, oh, my God, I've never been to France. I've never been to oh, Paris. Really? <laughs> yeah, I literally just booked in that day. I was like, fuck, you know, that's it. I'm going. I can't, I can't allow this. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely nah. that solo travel, you, you, you learn so much from it. And it's definitely an experience I'd push people to, <laughs> to, to do themselves, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I can't believe you hadn't been to France, man. It's only over the channel. Where did you go? Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, I just went to Paris. Um, ah, nice stuff. I mean, yeah, it's just one I had never managed to reach. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my dad's lived in Spain for the last four years. So oh, no way. I spent loads of time in Spain, but I never managed to get to yeah. France. So That's I crazy. Was... I mean, I, I love I love Spain. Do you speak any Spanish, by the way? Oh, un poco. <laughs> uh yeah it's not it's not that great i, I am trying to learn but uh with the university and stuff it's been it's been it's been a struggle um but i'm i'm determined to be fluent even if it takes me yeah no. takes me years i will, that's my one of my goals is definitely to become fluent in spanish um uh me too, me, me too my man me too i really want <laughs> i really really love to live in a in a spanish-speaking place whether it was in south america or yeah or yeah somewhere in spain I, I love barcelona personally it's a great city i think but you say your dad was in the south yeah he lives uh, actually uh, one reason i was really excited to interview alex i read your story your origin story because my dad actually used to live in malaga he's only just moved uh -huh. recently and i've actually seen that happened what you described in that story anyone listening go read alex's origin story in his blog so it just resonated with me so much because i was like i've literally seen this happen <laughs> oh yeah no i i couldn't stand that I'll, I'll we'll go into that story later when we talk about kind of a process yeah, of yeah, definitely. Like that. But, but yeah that that drove me crazy that did crazy enough to start a whole, a whole brand so <laughs> yeah no definitely definitely uh love that story um <laughs> just for the fact that i've seen it myself and it's so nice to hear someone else be like I just can't let this happen anymore. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, definitely. Um, yeah, no, definitely with the whole, love the whole solo travel. Definitely encourage anyone to, to push themselves to do mm -hmm. it. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree with what you said. It's very rewarding once you, uh, you, you do it. Um, 
so yeah all right cool so um now i want to talk about kind of how how do you plan trips is there a process to finding a destination oh you mentioned to use your instagram (laughs) followers for that one um but (laughs) is that something you've done you'll will do again like how else do you decide and and then once you have a destination what's your how do you kind of book it what's your your Mm -hmm. process for that okay yeah that's a good question i like that one um um i'm quite keen to do that again with my instagram followers at some point to be fair because lisbon was a great suggestion um (laughs) for that one but but yeah other than that um i've got tons of places in my mind that i want to visit um it wouldn't be hard for me to just choose one in all honesty yeah obviously money and time are factors but um in terms of going about booking one, obviously I mentioned I have my own travel business. So I do have my own systems, which I like to use for booking because I've, I've just found in the past, the websites like uh, Expedia or booking.com, um, they're a bit limited in terms of what they show. Uh, and sometimes the prices aren't particularly competitive. Um, I know a lot of people use Skyscanner and things like that for, um, for booking flights, the infamous Skyscanner. It is yeah. good for comparing <laughs> things in one place, but I'd say that sometimes they kind of emit information, if you know what I mean, like little prices and things like that are concealed. So it will show you um, on paper a fantastic price and you'll be, wow, this is so cheap. And then, you know, it won't include anything else like baggage or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just a few little things. I, I very rarely fly. If I'm flying, I very rarely fly on a weekend. Weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday flights are always more expensive. Um, and if, if you just want to save money and, and not fly, take trains or buses. Like It take, takes longer, but it still gets you there. And I often find that the actual process of traveling, obviously it gets a bit long, maybe a bit arduous sometimes, but it is actually quite enjoyable, particularly if you take a train through a country, you know, you're looking out the window the whole time you're taking in the, in the scenery. Uh, I think that's actually one of the best parts of travel traveling. Um, yeah. Home, um, my guest night. last week, Lucy, she, uh, she said the same kind of thing and I agree with her. I love getting on a train in a different country. Yeah. It also makes me um, realise how shocking the English train system is in comparison to other countries which have, you know, amazing trains running on time. I think particularly uh, German trains run like clockwork, which isn't surprising, but <laughs> but yeah, definitely. And also if you want, you know, want to save a bit of money on accommodation, you know, book an overnight bus or an overnight train, sleep on it. Like, this, these are all little tips for budget travellers that you can all um, adopt just to make your travel a bit more affordable. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's, they're great tips, actually. That's something that... Uh... I've definitely done in the past. I when I went to Paris, I took an overnight bus. It wasn't very glamorous, but it, it, it is a definitely a budget way to do it. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, uh, that's uh, yeah. I, I'm a guilty one for Skyscanner. Actually, I do like spending time with Skyscanner. But I hear what you're saying. They do, and sometimes when you click through, it also changes the price slightly when you get to the website. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree. It's it's not a it's not a flawless system. Um, so you were saying about your own systems, is that people something that people could access uh, through your Instagram, through talking to you? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't, I don't charge a uh, price or anything for this sort of stuff. I just, if people uh, are looking to get away, I'm just keen to help them out, really. Uh, I like helping people make travel memories, like I said. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking to book a trip, literally, if you, got, if you want ideas or um, you want literally any help or expertise, uh, or time save booking it yeah just just shoot me a dm or find me on my website oh wow thank you <laughs> uh, i hope anyone listening takes you off of that <laughs> um cool so next i want to talk about how how has travel changed your life would you say 
I know that's quite probably a deep question, but <laughs> um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is a it's a hard one to round down. That I think travels it hundred percent changes the person you grow up to be um, because obviously there's all the cliches about you know seeing different world perspectives and stuff like that, but it, they are true um, in that if you if you literally just stay uh, in one place, I think quite often this is actually quite common in, in America and the states because a they get such little paid holiday. Um, and B, obviously, the size of the states is huge. There'll be people who, who never leave their state, for example. Um, and I just feel like people who, who never leave and never experience anything different, they've got a very kind of limited understanding of the world and the way things work in terms of cultural differences, um, the difference in the way we see things. Um, so I personally think that because I've been, I've been fortunate enough to travel around a lot and obviously will be more in the future, I've been able to experience quite a lot of these different cultures and just kind of take away things that I can apply to my own life. I know that's a bit broad and a bit abstract, but you'll know what I mean if you've experienced different cultures and kind of different aspects of those cultures. Um, but yeah, travels, obviously, like I mentioned, the, the infamous Malaga story that we'll get onto in a minute, but just little things like that make me kind of reflect on myself, my own personal character and um, the way I behave and yeah, I just, it just, try, I just try to become a better person because of my travel experiences, really. Yeah, no, um, I that definitely resonates with me. If I'm a strong advocate and believer that a way to kind of become uh, more kind of accepting of different people, different cultures, is obviously to experience them yourself firsthand. Um, so I, I definitely agree with that, um, and. I, yeah, I could also relate that's something I think has helped me develop as a person as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah in fact <clears throat> now we can go on to that <laughs> that infamous <laughs> Malaga story um, so yeah tell us about that story uh, for everyone yeah. and then we'll, so, we'll have a chat about it afterwards <laughs> yeah so this is kind of one of the the anecdotes I, I like to tell that it was kind of one of the things well probably the main thing that inspired me to start Alex Abroad which is my travel business and just um, the whole philosophy behind it is just that, for example, Western speaking tourists are not infamous for, uh, sorry, English, native English speaking tourists, but Western tourists are not infamous for being um, the kind of most respectful when they travel. Obviously, this is just a, a stereotype in general. There are plenty of English, Australian, American tourists who travel respectfully. They embrace the local culture, etc. But there are quite a lot who don't. Um, particularly because we've kind of got a bit of a, I think it's a bit of an entitlement that everyone speaks English, um, yeah. so to speak. Um, and it's not true. Uh, it's just kind of been ingrained in our minds that uh, other people speak our language. We don't need to bother learning any of theirs. We'll, we'll rock up and, and do what we want when we get to their country. Um, and so the most, the, yeah, the example that we've been <laughs> alluding to, the, the Malaga story, when I was in Malaga, I think it was about two years ago, it was around Easter time, we just went out for a, a nice tapas meal in a, in a small local tapas restaurant. It was called um, Bodega El Pimpi, I think. Um, oh, yeah, I know the one, yeah. I know the one. to do with a wine cellar and octopus, I think. But anyway, fantastic <laughs> food. Uh, it's a brilliant place. You know, you picture the scene, a kind of typical laid-back 
um, Spanish tapas bar, you know, there's low level chit chat, people relaxing, having a good time, enjoying the food. Uh, and there was just this one woman and her slightly abashed husband, but this woman who was particularly well refreshed, let's say she was, she was pissed. Um, and she was there, she was screaming at the waiters, Oh, I want squid. Give me squid. Um, and they kept on responding, vale, vale, si, si, los calamares. Um, and she was just, no, I don't want that crap. I want squid. And it was just, um, as fellow as fellow Brits in that bar, it, it just felt completely embarrassing and yeah. shameful. You know, looking over, you know, sunburned, pissed English tourist, disrespecting the local waiters. And that just kind of brought it home to me how much that, how much we kind of need to change our attitudes and approaches to travel, particularly as maybe Brits, but just Western tourists in general, because people will often come to England and they'll, they'll speak beautiful English, often better than we do ourselves. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when we go in return, we kind of just expect them to speak English. And, you know, we don't, we don't really kind of ingratiate ourselves with the local culture. And yeah, that was a big part of why I wanted to start Alex Abroad. I just wanted to change the way we travel make it more respectful, less entitled. Um, uh, and yeah, that's it in a nutshell, really. Yeah, like, as I say, I've seen that happen in Malaga so many times. And I, I'm with you. It, you just feel so embarrassed to mm -hmm. be you know, a British tourist when you see stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I always try when I go abroad to at least, in fact, I think I read this on your blog somewhere, at least mm -hmm. try and learn, like, please, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, and I always also try and learn how to say, "Oh, do you speak English?" in their mm -hmm. language as well. Yeah. You know, just just to yeah. see, try and make the effort. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't, sorry to interrupt you, but just literally, when I say this, I don't mean to to anyone listening. I don't mean you have to go away and become fluent in. Oh yeah, no, yeah exactly. Before you visit, literally, literally, just like for example, before I visited Lisbon um, for Portuguese, I, I speak pretty decent Spanish now because I've worked at it, but. My Portuguese, I'd never really looked at it before, but before before traveling to Lisbon, obviously the two languages are quite similar, but I just made the effort to, to learn at least a few basics and then just try and use them. It doesn't matter if your accent isn't isn't great and your grammar is, isn't uh, flawless, just give it a go. People will respect you a whole lot more for just giving it a try. So yeah, sorry, Will, sorry to interrupt. No, no, yeah, no, 100% agree. Um, it's all in, yeah, definitely just make an effort I mean as you say you're in their country you know the thing is those kind of people as well when uh you know um Europeans come here and then they try to speak English or mm. they they you know speak in their language or they try to speak English and it's not as great as it you know because obviously it's not their first language so that's yeah. fine you know that people like that woman they go oh what are they doing here you know yeah uh, that's yeah. yeah that's so true well it's another thing i can't stand if if you can't speak a foreign language you certainly can't mock someone else for speaking exactly. your own language not quite as as fluently as you'd like or, or shockingly with an accent you know what do you expect yeah yeah exactly exactly that just yeah that makes my blood boil a little bit to be honest yeah um I mean, and it's, it's so easy now. Google Translate, like, you can learn it on the way there. <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, I remember I was literally, when I was going around Europe quite a lot last summer, obviously, I said I speak a bit of Spanish, but we were going to a few, me and a group of friends were going to quite a few different countries, quite a few different languages, and, you know, languages like Hungarian, you know, quite, quite uh, obscure. But even just on the train on the way into Budapest, just, just learning, like, 10, 10, 15 phrases or something like that, it, it's not hard at all. But, yeah, exactly, definitely. Um, I think that's definitely 
the first step that people can do um, to make more of an effort. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's all to do it's just educating yourself. Uh, and that's why, like, also taking up walking a lot of the time they're free uh, in the European cities, doing the free walking tour to kind of um, understand a bit more about the culture and history as well. Is that yeah. something you've done before? Yeah, so I've, I've got a blog post on this. It's, there's, I think there's ways you can kind of... Um, embrace the local culture you can do stuff beforehand and during your trip as well so beforehand like i mentioned learning a few things of the local language and just maybe it doesn't have to be extensive but just looking a little bit at the the local the current events you know a little a little bit of politics a little bit of history sport whatever it might be just so you know the place better and if you do chat to a local you can kind of see where they're coming from if you know what i mean yeah um, totally and yeah when, when you're actually there you know giving it a try giving the local language a try um, and like you said, with a walking tour, you know, you're learning about the place, learning about a bit of history, chatting to someone who knows the city inside out. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing a walking tour. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good way. That's something I hadn't, I hadn't actually written about much. But yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. And, you know, if you see this kind of behavior, this is something I've been thinking about to myself. If, if you next time you go away um, and you see that kind of behavior from from a British person, do you think you're going to try and call them out on it? Do you think that's a, a good way to kind of tackle the issue? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, actually. Um, personally, I think, yeah. I mean, it depends on the situation and, and what the person's like. Obviously, don't go starting... Uh, Any fights, yeah. Drunk <laughs> British tourists. But, but just, I mean, just I think just just um, show you're different by example, in all honesty. Like, when we were in that bar, in, uh, that tapas bar in Malaga, I was, you know, apologising to the waiters and to the to the other people in there because that's just not what a Western tourist should be, and it's too many people like that who have given us such a negative representation, not only in the media but just in the minds of local people, whether it be in Spain or France or, or anywhere across the world, really. Um, but yeah, just just um, just lead by example. In all honesty, just just be the change you want to see. If you like, that's a, a quote I quite like myself. So when <laughs> start that looks abroad, you know, I want to inspire other people to travel in the what i see is the right way and what hopefully you see is the right way as well will yeah no definitely i think yeah that's a that's an excellent point i think definitely got to just lead by example and hope that it, it rubs off on others uh, around you um yeah no definitely uh, and i i just hope that uh people some people listening might think oh no that might have been me in the past i'm going to change my behavior now so Hey, well, if we can get one person to think like that, then this podcast has been a success. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, yeah, let's just hope that people listening and people can start educating themselves and just making the effort because, you know, like if um, when people come here, we want them to feel welcome as well. You know, tourism. Yeah, that's the only way you can really understand different people and cultures is by you know, going to their country, then coming to yours. That's why I love like uh, exchanges at schools. Um, that we did a German exchange at my school, and that was that was a really interesting experience. Oh, awesome! Where did you go in Germany? Uh, yeah, we went to uh, like Cologne, Düsseldorf. Oh, oh very nice. Yeah, um, but and then obviously my German partner came to England, and you know. Just that those two weeks, uh, it just t teaches you so much, you know. 
yeah it's hard to put into words i know i know the feeling is and also like you mentioned with exchanges it just kind of the building of relationships and just um making ties between people of other countries i think people underestimate the importance of that and how much that's impacted your life for example will you said you've been over to germany just just for two weeks was it but you met a girlfriend i don't know if you met her then or um mary in future but just literally that 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 trip probably has changed the path of your entire life yeah yeah well uh, yeah making friends in germany and uh um just just learning about you know what life is like for for german people uh who you know who are our age um who yeah. save ages you you know just just you can learn so much just from just from talking to them <laughs> yeah 100 it's also great having friends all over the world i have to say that if you there's no knowledge like local insider knowledge if you want to go and visit a place guys so <laughs> make some connections over the world exactly and then if they really like you you can crash at their place for free yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not a bad that's a good perk as well <laughs> yeah no yeah no definitely i think it's so cool and important and I, th- I think more people are realizing this especially people our age kind of it is cool to have friends abroad and you know you should definitely try and try and network with friends abroad yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah uh cool so um you know i just the last last bit on this topic um mm-hmm. And yeah, just kind of um, talking about prejudice and stereotypes. Um, do you think the um, experiences you get from travel and being able to understand different cultures and then that subsequently leading to less prejudice of different cultures, do you think that can be transferred to other situations? Like, um, you know, if you have lgbtq friends and you're not kind of as read up on it um do you think that helps break down different other stereotypes and prejudice that you might encounter in your life because of the way that you've seen it being broken down through your travel experiences yeah that's a that's a fascinating question actually i've never really considered that but i think just as you were as you were saying it i was literally just thinking about the recent um, the whole stuff with the, the Black Lives Matter movement and the yeah, tragedy yeah. Floyd, uh, George Floyd. I think um, it's definitely relevant to travel in that you're, by learning about how other people see things, um, you just kind of begin to understand where they're coming from. And I think because of the way, you know, it, it was, you know, it was brutal, the whole George Floyd murder and it was tragic. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the way it was kind of brought into the light of the media, a lot of people have taking a moment to kind of self-reflect on that and how they, you know, kind of educate themselves, if you know what I mean. And that can be done in terms of civil rights, uh, not just in America, but in England as well. But it, it's it, it's similar to travel and different cultures. Uh, I think it can definitely be applied it's in terms of just, you need to kind of understand that the way you see the world is is one way. And there are loads of other ways all around the world at the same time. You know, people don't all see things through the same lens. And you mentioned something about the kind of LG, um, LBGTQ as well. Uh, I haven't, I've never thought about it in terms of that context, but it can definitely be applied as well because, yeah, people all have their own backstory. Everyone's got their own things that they, they struggle with, their own things that they're trying to, trying to deal with on a daily basis. And by traveling myself personally, you know, I, I'm young, as I mentioned, I'm a, travel, I'm a young student traveler. There are people who've had, you know, far more life experiences than me and, who've just been alive longer than me, who 
are obviously yeah they're, they're more experienced in terms of that but by traveling I think I've been able to kind of amplify or increase my my age in terms of experiences um just by yeah just by getting used to other cultures and how they how they see things but yeah it's a hard question to pinpoint down to one thing but yeah that's, that's a great thought yeah and I'm, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the the black lives matter stuff that's something that means a lot to me uh, as well and yeah just horrible and I, I mean it happens here as well um yeah, it does, yeah. So it's just I'm so glad that people now it's getting the limelight that it deserves um mm -hmm. and hopefully we can build a much better uh, world uh from this um and and yeah I, I just i mean i personally think that um you can learn kind of the tools of how to break down stereotypes through something like travel because obviously you experience um different cultures but you know you know depending on where you go, you're going to encounter people who who, do, who aren't going to look like you. And mm -hmm. you can kind of, you know, see that we're all just people at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. so. yeah it, just because someone, you know, doesn't look like you, doesn't talk the same language, doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have things in common and, you know, shared exactly, interests. Shared exactly. You can't get on. Anyone can get on with anyone if they make enough effort. Um, and yeah, I think that's something you do learn through traveling. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's all about the effort that, um, that you put in, and yeah, no, um, I'm glad that uh, you also also kind of <laughs> see it that way. Yeah, definitely will. Yeah, uh, cool. So um, a bit, a bit uh, more of a light-hearted <laughs> topic now. Um, what's the the best place you've been to so far? Ah, oh, see, I get this question quite a lot, and I think it's it's extremely hard to say um, in terms of because what I mm, the way I see it is that places are exceptional for different things. So, for example, I love Spain, as we've already talked about, for mm. you know the food and, the food and culture. You know, I love um, Spanish comida, and yeah, just the whole way of living out there is it's special. You know, the kind of fairly slow rhythm to life, but chatty, yeah, definitely. <laughs> But then if you switch that up, for example, um, in terms of sort of geography and landscapes, like I mentioned my family are from New Zealand, so I've been out there quite a lot. Um, some of the mountain scenery and stuff out there is spectacular. I'd say the same in Switzerland, just truly like breathtaking mountain tops and stuff like that. I did a rather special mountain hike last summer when I was in Switzerland, at the, the Oberathorn Mountain near Zermatt, um, and just the view up there were just spectacular and there's other other aspects as well like um budapest for the uh, well hungary in general but budapest in particular for architecture and also nightlife if you want a good night out go to budapest for sure um <laughs> and just city breaks things like that like i love new york even you know it, it is absolutely packed uh, and it, but it's just so lively it just feels like the center of the world the same thing about sydney when you're down on sydney harbour it, it's a really special place for the kind of city vibrant um vibrant vibe if you know what i mean um yeah there's just there's so many different aspects to travel that i'd have to kind of filter it through that if you know what i mean i could never name just one place like again like history like we were talking about earlier with with walking tours if you want a really historic city visit berlin um learn about the cold war about you know nazi germany see the the, the concentration camps which are quite chilling on the outskirts um and i've heard the same thing about Prague for like bohemian folk folklore and things Athens Istanbul there's so many amazing historic cities 
Um, but yeah, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but I could, I could never, I could never answer that with just one thing for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, it's best to kind of have such a diverse range, um, geography, cities, and yeah, the history. Uh, it's definitely good to experience all of those. Um, I, yeah, I definitely say that. Um, sounds like you've been to some really cool places as well. <laughs> I've been fairly fortunate and I've been some some great places yeah but I've got some many places still on the on the list that I'm just so keen to meet and keen to keen to explore uh, and I'm really keen to to live abroad at some point as well I've potentially might be studying abroad next year in uh, in Australia that could be a possibility but like I mentioned with the Spanish uh, I'd also love to live somewhere somewhere Spanish speaking mm-hmm. and truly get to, to a level of fluency so yes yeah, yeah. still. <laughs> That's definitely a, a goal. Of, uh, yeah, something I've always dreamed of is living abroad, hundred um, mm-hmm. percent. Um, yeah, no, studying in Australia. That sounds that sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. I've got a, a really close friend in um, just on the outskirts of Sydney in Wollongong, Australia. So shout out to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hope that you manage to to get out there then uh, for your year abroad. Yeah, um, fingers crossed. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Um, uh, cool. So, what kind of what what advice would you give to someone who who's just starting out with traveling? Someone who's just starting out with traveling, I would say keep it simple. Um, you don't need to plan, uh, you know, a six month grand voyage expedition of the entire world. Just just um, do some research. What sort of culture you would most like to experience? Whether it be you know kind of slow moving, revolving around kind of family and food, you know, stay somewhere in Europe, go to, to East, um, Western Europe, sorry, yeah, Italy, Spain. Um, but yeah, what I said about keeping it simple, just don't try and do too much too quickly. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mentioned last summer going around a lot of places in Europe. I loved that. And it was a, a very quick, like a, it was a fast pace motion, if you like. But sometimes you go through places a little bit too quickly and you wish you'd had slightly longer there, if you know what I mean. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, Will. Yeah, no, definitely. You don't want to rush through places. You want to have enough time to really savour them. Because, um, you know, people often tell themselves, oh, I'll come back one day. You might not. Um, have a, that's something I try to bear in mind every single time I visit somewhere as well. I might never be here again. So, you know, sleep less and just enjoy every moment you've got when you're there, <laughs> in all honesty. <laughs> But but yeah, keep keep it simple, guys. Don't don't try and plan something too fancy before you before you're used to it. Mm, I love that advice. Actually, keep it simple. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I think especially if you've never really embarked on much travel, it can be very daunting yeah. at first. So yeah, no, I think that's some great advice. Definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I get a lot of people come to me for if it is their first trip and they want a bit of advice on something, and you know they they're telling me all these places they really want to see, they really want to experience. I think that's great, but don't try and do it all at once. Just um. Yeah, you've got you've hopefully got your whole life to to travel around. So make sure you make the most of each place you visit. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I'm the same. There's there's times I've I've only been to somewhere for a couple of days, and I thought, oh, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't, I definitely haven't seen enough of things here. And yeah, it always crosses my mind. Like, yeah, I could I could never make it back here. So I think it's definitely a good thing to advocate uh, the slower travel. It's not all about. Oh, how many countries have you been to? Or oh, you've only been to 15 or oh, I've been to 30, you know, like you should definitely, it's all about experiencing the culture as we've been saying um, yeah. throughout this, this conversation. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like, like you mentioned, people are quite often, you know, comparing the amount of countries they've been to. I, I don't actually really know exactly how many I've been to because it's not really a factor that plays in my mind. I'd rather, I kind of judge 
how how good the travel was based on the memories that I made while I was there. Um, and if that means you stay in one place for longer and, and actually really acclimatize to the way of life and and learn something from the local culture, I see that as better travel, so to speak, than rushing through places, spending a night here and out there. Like I mentioned with um, being in Europe a lot last summer and going around a lot of places, we had enough time in, in most of the places, but a city that I've been to before, luckily, Berlin, we... <laughs> We arrived in the early evening, pretty much just got there, dropped off our stuff at the hostel, went out and, um, you know, and just, just looked around as much as we can, got a bit of food, went out till I think about three or four in the morning, just uh, enjoying the nightlife. But, and then we were off on a train at five the next morning. Like, obviously, you know, that's a great experience and, and it felt quite wild at the time, but it's quite rushed. If I'd never been to Berlin before, I wouldn't really have experienced it. Luckily, I had already been in the past, but, but yeah, you don't need to rush through places. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, it's really, it's really nice to hear someone talking about that because, as you said, a lot of people, it's all about comparing. It's all about your country, your kind of country count, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, realistically, it's you can get so much more if you spend more time in less countries. So yeah, no, so glad that, uh, that I'm hearing you say that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So <clears throat> now I want to get on to. Uh, quite a meaty topic um, and that's obviously the elephant in the room coronavirus COVID-19 what yeah, are your, bring her uh, up. yeah <laughs> I had to bring her up um, so I mean yeah what are your thoughts and feelings towards travel in, in a post-COVID well I mean we're still kind of in it aren't we so yeah uh, what are your thoughts and feelings yeah so for those people listening in hopefully a year's time when your podcast is the number one travel podcast will um, we are <laughs> thank in, you are in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic so travel is at the probably the weirdest I've ever seen it in my lifetime it's probably the same for you yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah in terms of the post-COVID world I think it's going to be small steps like we've seen I think it was actually yesterday Boris Johnson announcing um, the air tunnels are going to be are going to be um, starting from I think it was the fourth of July onwards or something. So you know little um, agreements, reciprocal agreements between countries to allow travellers back and forth, and it will probably be between the kind of lower rates of infection within Europe, so between UK and you know, France, Greece, Spain, Germany, those sort of countries. Also the countries that really need the money that tourism brings um, because quite a lot of economies right now are suffering quite mm, big time. Yeah. From the lack of travelers, but it is slowly starting to look a bit more optimistic. Yeah. So what I'll personally be doing is just following guidelines. I'm looking right now at looking quite a lot of people have come to me in terms of booking more domestic trips. So people, cause quite often what I've actually found with Brits is that we go to quite a lot of places in Europe cause you know, we want the sun and the food, but we actually don't know our own country all that well. Um, I've personally been around because I'm from Brighton down in the south of England but I've been up to quite a lot of northern cities and stuff I, I do know my own country fairly well but a lot of Brits you know if they're southerners they've never been up north and if they're northerners they've never been down south um, so I think that's maybe a positive in a way that has actually come from the coronavirus as we're learning to appreciate not only our local areas but our, our, our own country and you know there's some great spots around the UK if you want to go into the Lake District or the Peak District there's amazing scenery to be found um but yeah and sorry i went off a bit of a tangent there again well in terms of <laughs> post-covid um i do think that um there's one thing that people should bear in mind is if they've uh, they've had a trip cancelled or they haven't been able to travel because of covid and that's their biggest inconvenience then really you're in quite a fortunate position you're quite lucky because there are people suffering from way worse circumstances right now 
um, than not being able to travel. Obviously, as a keen traveller, I know how you feel if you had to cancel trips and you know, you're still waiting on refunds. Some airlines have not been great at returning refunds, unfortunately. But yeah, just bear in mind if if you're not being able to travel, there are people suffering way worse, um, worse inconveniences right now. Uh, in terms of economics, I just think the hostels are going to struggle because um, even after things reopen, how do you social distance in a hostel? You know, I think they're going to struggle to get open properly. Um, quite a few will probably go bankrupt. Airbnbs and hotels will probably be fine. Um, I would probably estimate just because it's easier to social distance in them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to give concrete advice right now, Will, because literally prices of hotels and flights are just fluctuating every day. Some of them are a bit crazy. I've been looking at um, flights for my mum, who's going to be going to New Zealand in the next week. You might I think that's a bit strange. It's for personal family reasons, for, for health reasons over in New Zealand. Her, her father's quite ill, but it is oh, quite obviously... Little... It's okay, but it's obviously quite a strange time. Um, uh, and yeah, just there are some great deals to be had as well if you are looking to book a trip to go away, but be aware that prices are, are changing every single day. And um, uh, and yeah, just do what you can. Explore your local area if possible. People are going a bit stir crazy, stuck at home. But but yeah, there are, there are positives to be, even be taken from this very serious negative situation. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Kind of perspective. There is, uh, as much as it sucks not traveling, there's definitely... A lot of worse mm. stuff going on. Um, yeah, and uh, interesting. You were saying about hostels. I mean, how are you personally? I, I mean, I love hostels. I think they're yeah. great. But I'm even I'm personally feeling like I'm probably going to avoid them for a while. Just stick to a hotel. Is, is that something you're kind yeah. of feeling as well? Yeah, I'm. I was thinking the same. Just because I mean, yeah, I love hostels as well. I, the most recent hostel I stayed in in Lisbon, it was it was fantastic just for meeting new people and um, yeah. just the whole atmosphere. Just the whole atmosphere around. 95% of hostels I think is great um it's people quite like-minded looking it's not just young people like people think that hostels is just for you know 18 to 25 year olds there is more of a mix than that but um but yeah no I love them myself but I think I'm agreeing with you that it might have to I might have to give them a miss for for the time being at least yeah in fact slight tangent here I love what you just said about it's not just for young people 100% agree there's some you know I've met some um my older people in hostels and they've been just as interesting and had some just as great conversations and, and interactions with them so yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely it's not yeah it's not just a young person's game don't be put off just because you think it's all going to be annoying 20 year olds like us <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely uh, i hope anyone listening to this um who's who's uh quite a bit older than 20 it's been re-energized by this. <laughs> um, <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think hostel's definitely going to struggle. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, how are you feeling about flying? With the, you know, obviously, it's definitely important to wear a mask in the closed yeah. space. So, but how 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 are you feeling about that? You know, having to wear a mask the whole time and being so yeah. in. Uh, no, it's probably won't be the most pleasant flying experience ever. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to be going out. I'm going to probably be doing some hiking in the, the, the Alps in August at some point. So I will be taking a flight out to Geneva. Um, and that's only, you know, that's only a couple of hours. I'm not particularly looking forward to wearing a mask even for that time. But for people who have to fly longer distance, like my mum will be doing, you know, 30, 40 hours to New Zealand. That's a long time wearing a mask. You know, it's, <laughs> it won't be yeah. particularly comfortable. But 
hopefully airlines you know give good guidelines and um social distance people on on the flight on the plane um i've heard some airlines you know have been sticking strictly to you know just one person in each aisle but others have been cramming everyone in um multiple people on the aisle so yeah i mean look into that before you travel before you book an airline i've been people who've been looking to book flights have been asking me oh i heard that so and so you know crammed this flight in do i really want to book with them because you know it's not social distancing or whatever yeah do your research before um ask people who are experts in the industry and who who've been on flights recently as well um before you go ahead and book things but I, i'm not particularly apprehensive about flying necessarily i think if you stick to the the guidelines then it can be perfectly safe but but i can understand why some people would be preferring to you know just stick to domestic trips right now and just drive or just take a train and drive or whatever it might be yeah in fact do you think this is a really critical time for airlines i mean do you think people and yourself are going to look at how different airlines are handling this right now and then look at this again in a year's time uh, and be like oh you know what this airline was so bad at handling you know i flew with them and they squished me with loads of people and it was horrible i'm never going to book with them again is that is that something you could you can see that's actually a really great point that's a great point will because i was just thinking that how particularly businesses and companies respond in times of crisis and just how people in general respond in times of crisis kind of it's when people show their true colors isn't it so if a uh, an airline or a business you know they, if they crammed you in didn't give you good service now because they're trying to cut costs then does that reflect who they are really are you gonna are you gonna bear that in mind when you book later in in time probably probably yeah um you know people are loyal to to companies and obviously airlines come under that that have treated them well and no one wants to be treated better than than they do now in the current climate so yeah that's definitely a good point if if i think if people have a bad experience now it could put them off an airline for life so you know if the ceo of british airways is listening in <laughs> bear in mind <laughs> yeah no i mean obviously having all that distancing obviously affects how much money they make in the short term but i guess mm-hmm. i mean given what you just said that they're probably gonna have to start thinking yes we might lose money in the short term but in the long term we'll be better off because people would be like oh ba or whoever they treated us so well we're definitely going to book all of our travel with them in the future so yeah no so yeah definitely i think i think the companies with the long-term long-term mindset will win out anyway because you know it's not just about making a quick buck today you know it's about actually treating your customers right and and uh yeah they'll, they'll win in the long term if, if they actually treat their customers their airline customers right now so yeah it's an interesting point will yeah no <clears throat> uh definitely interesting to see what unfolds uh in the coming months certainly uh cool uh, okay then alex just one last question um where are you going next you uh, mentioned the alps is that the, alps the fun is, one so yeah. so yeah i've um i've had a couple of trips cancelled due to covid i was um like i mentioned gonna be revisiting berlin in easter um which would have been great but you know hey oh that's been cancelled i was also maybe going to be flying over to canada um about in fact it's the first of july today isn't it i was going to be flying today to canada <laughs> um, flying into toronto checking out some of the eastern cities going down to the niagara falls of course can't miss that um but then also heading in, inland towards some of the kind of national parks and stuff like that um fantastic scenery out there well, it's meant to be i've never been to canada i was keen to go but 
hey, it is what it is. But yeah, making the most of it now, I've been just, obviously I've just been at home for the past few months, but um, looking at maybe booking some domestic trips up to the lakes here in, in England, uh, maybe over to Wales. Um, but yeah, then after that, I did mention some more hiking. Uh, me and a couple of mates have got a, a, a trip planned to do, I think it's eight to 10 days in, um, it's the French Alps, but well, you fly into Geneva and then we'll go hiking around the French Alps down to the Italian Alps and Swiss Alps as well, um, which would be pretty awesome, I think. But yeah, still hoping maybe on a trip to Prague and Krakow in August, if the flights come through, we'll see if that happens. But yeah, if not, um, well, yeah, I haven't, haven't planned it all in yet, but hopefully we'll be getting away, getting away sometime soon. Yeah, no, well, I definitely hope you, uh, you make it in all of those. Um... I've been to Krakow a couple of times, actually. Very nice oh, yeah. city. Yeah, definitely. I've heard the going. same. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's an awesome city. Man. Hopefully, I can hopefully I can get out there, even if it's not this August. I'll get out to Poland sometime. Yeah, I suppose that's all we can really do at the moment. It's just <laughs> just hope and and take it as you know as it comes. Um, definitely, probably going to expect a lot more cancellations and um, yeah delays. But I guess that's just going to be part of part of the whole travel experience for the foreseeable future yeah well it is what it is we can still get out there and and still make some great memories so i'm just trying to see the positive in the situation really and um i'm sure if if people do that then yeah it, it won't be as bad as maybe some some people are perceiving it to be so uh, yeah i'm sure there's uh, still some great memories that we made over the summer I love that. I love that. Yeah, you definitely got to see the positive and yeah, just be thankful that hopefully we're going to be able to go uh, at least into Europe uh, soon. So no, I think things are getting more positive. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, no, th- thanks so much for speaking to us, to us today, Alex. I uh, had a really nice time chatting to you. Uh, if you could just uh, say your Instagram one more, and where people can find you one more time. <laughs> Yeah, no worries, my man. So, yeah, give me a search, Alex Abroad. I should come up on the internet or, yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Um, feel free to reach out. You need any advice, tips, traveling, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm here for you. If anyone's listening, yeah, hopefully they can reach out and, you know, read my blogs. Hopefully they'll like my content. But, yeah, thanks a lot, Will. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. No problem at all. And, yeah, everyone listening, definitely go check out Alex. Yeah, he's got a super cool blog, super interesting uh post that he's written so yeah definitely go check him out thanks everyone for listening and uh, catch you in the next one